Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC's orthopedics team, offering hip, knee, joint, spine, and back treatments. Learn more at UPMC.com slash CentralPAOrtho. Welcome to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. A CNN Kaiser Family Foundation national poll last fall found more than 90% of Americans believe the U.S. is in a mental health crisis. Those polls, those polled cited depression and anxiety in adults and children as significant issues. In Pennsylvania, counties often provide mental health services. In his budget proposal last week, Governor Josh Shapiro said he wants the General Assembly to approve $20 million in new funding for mental health services administered by counties. But is it enough? On the Spark today, we're joined by Lisa Schaefer, Executive Director of the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania, and Andy Streit, Cumberland and Perry County Mental Health Services Administrator. I want to welcome both of you to the program. Andy Streit, let me start with you. You spoke out the day after the governor proposed the $20 million increase. So I'll ask you that question. Is $20 million enough? I guess first I'd just like to say how much we appreciate the focus on mental health in our communities. So we'll start there. Um, I think specifically for Cumberland and Perry counties, um, given that we're the fastest growing county in the state, Cumberland County specifically, I think perhaps we have, um, I'm going to say some maybe unique needs compared to some other counties. I will say that there's a good portion of counties that are growing. So consequently, as a function of that, it causes us to wonder if $20 million is in fact enough to be able to to meet the needs represented in our communities. Now, one thing we'll point out, and we'll talk with Lisa Schaefer about this in just a moment, but uh, that uh, $20 million is divided maybe 67 ways. There are 67 counties. Don't know if all counties get an equal amount. But uh, so it's not like Cumberland and Perry counties will be getting, you know, the brunt of uh, that, that, that $20 million. You're in a budget hole, right? Correct, we are. We're currently looking at a proposed $2.5 million deficit. And where did that come from? Well, I think um, we are dealing with two things, population growth, as well as the need growing in our community. You know, probably through the pandemic, as you mentioned, mental health needs have grown and certainly I will say that we spend, we invest into our community, specifically around children's services, crisis intervention, residential services for adults. And as a function of some of those needs, we've struggled with a number of things, including staffing. And because of that, we've needed to raise salaries in order to help make sure that our providers are able to hire and retain qualified workforce. And it continues to be a struggle. Um, but that's in part where some of the the deficit has come from. You know, your answers, uh, I keep finding questions to your answers. It's, it's like connecting the dots. But uh, how, how much of your staff, how much are you down? Well, currently, I'm, and this is an estimate, because, you know, in mental health, we contract our services out to community mm-hmm. providers, which has ebbed and flowed throughout the pandemic. I will say that 
I would say at, at the worst places, it was probably down by almost 35, 40%. I would say now we're currently grappling with about a 20, 20% deficit in staffing. So it still continues to be problematic. So when you're down 35 to 40%, and as you said, it has improved somewhat, what does that mean as far as the services that you can provide? It means that there are wait lists for many services, and probably realistically, most is all services. And I'm speaking specifically around county-funded services. So, and we've actually been doing some analysis over the last couple of years about some of the, the, the most service needs that we've seen. So services, residential services for adults is really an area where we're struggling um, and with wait lists specifically. We now have a wait list that exceeds our capacity, if you can imagine that. Mm. Are you seeing more people in need of services? Yes. And the other thing I'll, I'll mention is it, it seems, and we've heard this from our providers as well as crisis intervention, the individuals that are coming for services seem as if they're in a, a I'm going to say, a worse place than they were a few years ago. So with more complex needs, greater needs, more uh, things that take longer to address. I cited that CNN Kaiser Family Foundation poll that said that 90% of Americans believe the U.S. is in a mental health crisis. Would you agree with that? I would, yes. And why and do you say that? It, the Pennsylvania Youth Survey would be a good place to look. Um, our school districts across Pennsylvania do a survey every other year, I believe. And so that survey is, is actually published online. And, and I think it's interesting to, to see um, the, the spike in anxiety and depression as noted individually by students across the Commonwealth. Uh, Lisa Schaefer, I, I wanted to ask uh, Annie about the, all these things in Cumberland and Perry County because she spoke out last week, brought attention to them. But this is not just a Cumberland and Perry County issue, is it? It's not. It's an issue that we're seeing in all 67 of our counties. In fact, to the point where our counties uh, have voted to make this mental health, the need for mental health funding, a priority issue for several years, including 2023. Now, you say it's been a priority for several years. Is it accurate that you have not gotten, I say you, meaning Pennsylvania counties, have not gotten an increase in funding from the state in 13 years? That's correct. Uh, state funding has been basically flat for, for our county mental health base since about 2012. How is that possible? Well, we all know when we're dealing with public budgets that there are lots of needs and limited resources. So every year at the state level, decisions have to be made. And unfortunately, um, you know, we've been, our counties have been asked to do more and more. So instead of providing the state support, our counties have been asked to um, pick up and, and do more to invest more local dollars, more local property tax dollars, to look for ways to be more creative with programs, to be more efficient with them. And I think the counties have really done a great job of keeping up that quality care and that efficiency. But we're at the point now where you know a dollar now in 2022, as we all know, doesn't have nearly the the doesn't go nearly as far as it did a decade ago. And with what Annie said about the increasing in need, we are really, as you said, in that crisis point where if we don't step up that that state funding support, we are going to see more and more people not able to get the services that they need in a timely fashion. That's why I asked that question. 
kind of sarcastically of how is that possible because your answer which is you know completely completely true that we do know that there's push and pull um, you know for all the dollars that the state is providing to counties and so many other areas but when I think almost everyone recognizes that there has been an increase in mental health needs it's it's hard to believe that you haven't gotten an increase in funding in 13 years. Now, Governor Shapiro is proposing a $20 million increase. I'll ask you the question, is it enough? So again, given that we haven't seen an increase at all in 13 years, I mean, we are certainly appreciative of seeing Governor Shapiro's commitment to starting to look at an increase for, for funding, and also he, not just the 20 months for next year, but also a long-term commitment over the coming years after that. You know, I think we we view that that twenty million as a down payment. It's a good step toward building that that crumbling infrastructure that we've been seeing. And if we can build up, take that increase and then build on it from there, it will certainly help us to make an investment back in the system that has been struggling for so long. Why do you view it as a down payment? Have you gotten assurances that it is a down payment, and you're not just hoping it's a down payment? Well, every budget year, every budget cycle, we have to, to work for those increases. But again, with the governor's plan to do a 20 million increase in year one, and then to look at those in other increases in the out years, that gives us hope. But what we want to make sure, and, and why we call it a down payment, is that we can't just do the 20 million increase and call it a day. It has to be a long-term, sustainable commitment to rebuilding the system. So, so not just one year, but multiple years of, of putting that system back together. Uh, Lisa, I heard uh, or I read a quote from your president, a county commissioner, who said that uh, mental health services is at a critical breaking point. What happens if it breaks? I think you're already seeing that some of what Annie talked about now. You're seeing people who need services in the community and they have to wait for weeks or even months to, to get appointments to, to, to get treatment, or they have to travel longer distances, which means that they're not able to keep up that consistency and that continuity of, of their treatment. Or you see, you know, we've seen some investment in the schools, but we also know that we're seeing more people going to our emergency rooms, for instance, when they have no place else to go, which is putting a strain on, on our health systems. We're seeing people with untreated mental illness who unfortunately end up in our criminal justice and our prison system, which isn't a good place for them to get treatment either. So all of these things, when we don't invest in the community system, have these ripple effects that are going to keep showing up in other aspects of our communities. Our guest today, Lisa Schaefer, Executive Director of the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania, and Annie Strite, Cumberland and Perry County Mental Health Services Administrator. Governor Shapiro proposed a $20 million increase for mental health services for counties in his budget last week. We're talking about whether it's enough and why it's needed, why that increase. And as you've probably heard in the last few minutes, that more money is needed in the future for mental health services. Any strike, just so our audience knows and is aware, what are counties responsible for when it comes to mental health services? Oh, wow. Quite an array of services, actually. <laughs> Um, we provide crisis intervention services. Um, we provide residential services for adults. Um, we also provide treatment services that um, are also funded other, other revenue streams like private insurance, Medicare, and Medicaid. So we pay for outpatient services, sometimes inpatient services if a person is eligible for that. 
We also pay for case management services um, and various levels of case management. So intensive case management services, resource coordination, as well as um, an administrative level of case management services um, with varying caseloads. So in, as you might imagine, intensive case management has a very low caseload. So a case manager will work with a, a small number of people, um, as well as um, forensic case management services. We pay for, um, and counties do things differently too. I should also add that, but um, <laughs> peer support specialists, we pay for social rehab services, psychiatric rehabilitation services, as well as then um, we pay for um, representation when there is um, court-ordered treatment. So for, for mental health hearings, um, the mental health uh, review officers, as well as then solicitors are funded through our county offices. All right. So just to be clear, why is the county providing all those services and where do private providers come into that? Uh, the private providers, all of our services are contracted out to private providers. We actually have a very small staff in the county mental health office. And that's, again, specifically to Cumberland County. Each county tends to do things differently. Some counties have a much larger staff and other counties do similar to what we do and contract services out. But so you are a referral service in many cases. Yes. Mm -hmm. But when you say provide services, are you talking about paying for those services? Yes. Correct. Okay. So why isn't insurance companies or why aren't insurance companies paying for that if uh, someone is seeking treatment? Because not everybody has insurance um, for individuals who do have insurance. Some of those services are funded by insurance, but services like the residential services for adults are not funded by insurance. So just so everyone understands, what I'm trying to do is make sure that everyone understands the county's role in this. The county isn't necessarily providing the, the services, referring, but making sure that it's paid for. Uh, do you have any idea what percentage of the people who are seeking services through the county of, you know, have insurance, that insurance helps to pay for those services? Hmm, I will say that varies, too. Um, uh, some of again, one service I failed to mention was the services we provide in the schools, and that's available to to every person, whether they have insurance or not. Um, so those are important things. But as far as percentage, um, I, I would have to take a guess, but uh, probably, yeah, I, I guess I don't really feel comfortable taking that guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, many people may ask, why is this the responsibility of counties? Lisa, let me ask you that question. Uh, that many people would say, well, shouldn't this be, you know, people be seeking this on their own? And there are people who do. But uh, why is this the responsibility of counties? Well, it's the responsibility of counties because state law basically has said this is a service that that counties have to provide. And that's why we look to the state as our partners. You know, I think, you know, the counties clearly have, have a good role in the communities to coordinate those services, to understand local need and invest those dollars where, where they're most appropriate. But if it's a, a mandated service, certainly we need the partnership of the state to help us fund and, and provide the, the support that's needed to make sure that those services are available that we're supposed to be providing. You know, I hate to even bring this up, but I will. 
Lisa, over the years, I've heard from counties, uh, you know, that one of the things that uh, bugs them the most is an unfunded mandate. Um, 13 years without an increase, is that an unfunded mandate? It really has become at least at least an under woefully underfunded mandate. Like I said, you know, counties are, are supposed to be providing those services. And so they have been filling that with local property tax dollars. They've been doing what they can to, to make programs as, as flexible and as efficient as possible. But but yes, it's, it's a mandate that is that is very much underfunded at this point. Hmm. A significant portion of inmates incarcerated in county prisons are living with mental illness. How are they being treated for their conditions, Lisa? So while they're in the, the prison system, they can certainly receive treatment for, for their conditions. Um, certainly what we prefer is it's not the best place for them to, to get those services. It's, it's not efficient, it's, it's, less, it's more costly, and it doesn't provide them with the continuity that, that they need. It's not the best thing for that individual either. So we'd like to see investment in more diversion services so that those folks who, who need services that we can provide in a better setting for them, um, while they're uh, dealing with their the criminal charge against them, and also the, those community services on the back end when they leave the prison system, you know any treatment that they're getting in the prison system, if we can't connect them to the services locally when when they're discharged from from the prison, then if they can't keep that 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 treatment going, they're likely to to just go go downhill again, and that may lead them like to to commit another crime and put them right back in the system and recycle through again, which isn't good for anybody. There are those who say that we as a society treat those living with mental illness in jail rather than at a in a mental health provider setting. Is that accurate? I think that we end up treating them in jail because that's where they end up, because we haven't been providing them with the services uh, or we haven't been able to get them to connect them to give them the access to those services ahead of time, identify those individuals. And so they end up in our jail. And so that is where they get treated. Mm -hmm. uh, Annie Stride, I saw you nodding as uh, Lisa was answering that question. Is that your experience in Cumberland County? Unfortunately, yes. This has been a very challenging and, and upsetting time because, uh, you know, because we have strong feelings about providing services in our community that are morally and ethically appropriate. And certainly we don't want to have people with mental illness in our jails. And there are many counties that have uh, responded to the Stepping Up Initiative, the National Stepping Up Initiative. And actually Cumberland County is, is, is an innovator county with the Stepping Up Initiative. And we have worked hard with our, our jail to ensure that we're doing the best we can in order to meet the needs of individuals who have gotten involved in the, in the justice system. And it's been a particularly challenging time. And when you said earlier that, uh, you know, the staffing, the funding, that one of the things it leads to is a long waiting period. How long does someone have to wait if they are in crisis today? Well, if they're in crisis, All right, maybe I, I I should have I should have been a little more clear with that. In crisis, I know they'll probably get immediate attention, but say that uh, they are seeking some treatment for uh, their mental health. How long would it take for them to get an appointment somewhere? Depending on the nature of the crisis, months, you know, and uh, sometimes it's uh, a little bit sooner, uh, but it's been very challenging to get appointments. So, uh, again, something that Lisa brought up just a few minutes ago is that many people... Uh, 
They wait. They can't get an appointment. They end up in crisis. They end up in an emergency room if they're lucky. So, you know, it's just, it just seems like it's just like a, a cyclical thing that we don't solve the problem. I would agree with that. I I've honestly believe that ripple effect that you mentioned earlier is is a very important aspect of what's happening, because I, I believe that if we were had a more sustainably funded mental health system, we would automatically see benefit to a lack of incarceration. We would see a benefit. There would be less families involved in children and youth services, juvenile probation services. There would be fewer 911 calls for people with psychiatric illness. There would be positive impacts if we were if the mental health system was better funded. Okay, I'm writing you a blank check right now, Annie. Where would that money go in your mental health services? The, or let me, if you had to establish a priority, put it that way. I, I think um, one of our priorities would be working stronger with the schools and uh, providing more for families, because we know now that the impact of trauma across a lifespan, I, I believe that we would... Uh, invest in forensics and, and for individuals who are currently involved in the justice system, helping them to get the support they needed to stay out of jail. And um, those would be two priority areas that we would immediately respond to as, then, as well as in working on shoring up the residential services. I asked you to name one and you couldn't do that. You had to... <laughs> <laughs> well, that just goes to show, show the issue. I think about this all the time. I know. <laughs> I understand. It means you're conscientious. I want to thank our guests for being with us today. Lisa Schaefer, Executive Director of the County Commissioners Association of Pennsylvania, and Annie Strike, Cumberland and Perry County Mental Health Services Administrator. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having us. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.